Good morning, everybody. Hey, welcome to Friday. What is it? March 19th. It's hard to believe that March is almost gone. Hey, I hope that your week has gone well and you're looking forward to a great weekend for you race fans out there. Enjoy. It looks like the weather is going to be great for the races. I know that you'll have a great time. But today, that's not what we're talking about the races. We're talking about finances and what's happening in the marketplace. We had yesterday a, uh, well, it didn't end up quite the way we had hoped, uh, but, uh, but it is what it is. And the question is, can we bounce off of that and head up today to close out the week in good shape? Hey, Dave's coming up next, but before he does, remember, there's only one thing that you, I, anybody can control within a portfolio, and that's how much risk you have. And if you don't know what your risk number is, and you don't know how much risk you have in your portfolio, and, and I find, just to kind of give you an idea, that about 70% of the people that I meet with are nowhere close in the, in the area of risk. They have way more risk than what they think they do. Give us a call at 863-382-0037 to find out what your risk number is and the risk number of your current portfolio. And we're looking forward to our conversation with Dave. We've got a few earnings straggling, and, uh, and that's about it for the day. So Dave's next. Oh, 5.7 Light FM, that's calling there. It's 8.40. I'm Morning Dave. Glad you're here today. 20 before 9, a Friday morning. Got to check in and see what Wall Street's doing to your money. And, boy, yesterday they did something to an awful lot of money because we just fell out of bed. Let's double-check with Philip Statler from Statler Financial Services in downtown Sebring. Philip, I'm just betting based upon the fact that the NASDAQ was really a tank issue that it's got to be interest rates again, doesn't it? Yeah, for the most part, that's the only thing I really saw that could have uh, caused that kind of havoc on the NASDAQ. Because let's face it, we were up in the 1.72s. I think we got as high as 1.75 yesterday. Um, some of the highest numbers we've seen in 14 months. Um, and that is not good for the NASDAQ and those tech companies because um, they're, you know, they've got some leverage in there. And as interest rates go up, that means their interest expense goes up. Absolutely. Uh, the NASDAQ has a tendency to be heavy in growth stocks to begin with. Growth stocks tend to uh, make their money either by leveraging it with debt or stock issuances. And uh, when the uh, portion of their balance sheet that uh, implies carried debt goes up, that doesn't look good to them in terms of their expense figures. Uh, setting the table, Dow was off by 153 points yesterday. That was a little under a half a percent. Yeah, not good, but not bad. S&P was off by a percent and a half down 59 points, which is not good by any measure. But the NASDAQ down 409 points, a full three plus percent. And uh, if that had happened to any of the other indexes, we would have called it a market-wide bloodbath, wouldn't we? Uh, we would have, uh, because that would not be a good sign. Um, so, I mean, three percent, that's, uh, that's a hefty decline. Uh, and, and I think that if I'm not mistaken, I, I saw it much worse than that intraday. So uh, so we came off of the low lows and, and it ended up slightly better than some of the low lows. But still, that's, uh, you know, we just keep seeing these these down days on the NASDAQ. And the only thing is, it's got to be caused by the interest rates. That's really the only thing out there. Um, or people thinking that there's a bubble, 
and, and start to, to think that through in their head. Um, so that's really the only two causes that I see that could be really a, impacting the NASDAQ. And to sign, a sign that big would definitely do it. I mean, you and I both were talking a couple of weeks ago when NASDAQ started its downward trend that, yeah, as the economy changes and begins to reopen, there's going to be some uh, cycling for, between classes of stocks on the major funds. But then when you add on the fact that a deleterious effect on their uh, on their income statements like interest expense gets added to it, it just kind of puts the pedal to the metal on a downward trend, doesn't it? It does, and it puts the Nasdaq. I mean, we're over a thousand dollars off the alt, the, the the high that we had um, this year earlier, and so they're really struggling. I mean, for the week, they're right now down two percent, and uh, and really the only thing positive going into today for the week is the Dow up one point one percent. Even the S and P five hundred is down a little over a half a percent for the week right now. Which is really kind of interesting when you consider the fact that we were kind of celebrating an intraday record high on the S&P yesterday morning and a record close for the Dow. doesn't matter when you end up falling down again like we, like we did yesterday. No, and, you know, sometimes that's the, that's the natural progression, right? We hit some all-time highs. People decide, okay, I'm going to take some of my money off the table or I'm going to reallocate out of those big winners and find something else that maybe has some value that I can I can – make some money on the next month. Absolutely, which is kind of why I shrugged off 153 points down in the Dow. That could be just profit-taking. But NASDAQ, there's obviously a systemic issue going on. And as you and I were saying, about 70% of it looks like it's the interest rate instability. The other 30% might be the big money cycling into blue chips out of the growth stocks after the run-up that we had. But youch, either way. It was so ugly yesterday that uh, I'm sure it contributed to it. The price of oil even fell like a rock. Yeah, you gotta like that though. I tell you, it was a nice fall. I mean, it uh, even today it's down below sixty dollars a barrel, and you gotta jump up and down for that because that means uh, hopefully gas prices should start to tank back down there, maybe closer to that two dollar and fifty cent number instead of that two dollar and eighty five cent number. Well, my 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 nickel is I'll break out the bubbly when it stays down there. I'm going to kind of be <laughs> reticent about whether or not it's going to stick. Those are the two big headline items. No big data dump coming out of the federal government today. I, I noticed, and this kind of leads into our uh, company report stuff, that you know different companies do better and do worse during the pandemic. And uh, Coors and uh, Kimberly Clark both got downgrades. Evidently, they figured the demand on toilet paper was going to go down and canned beer might go down now that we're reopening. But uh, FedEx reported, and uh, they did very well during a lot of stay-at-home time, didn't they? They, they, they did. They, uh, you know, they, they beat by a little over 20 cents a share. Revenue was above forecast. Um, their average revenue per package, which is one of the things that they track, rose by 11%. So they continue to benefit from this uh, pandemic and, uh, and e-commerce, people buying online, and so – They've uh, they've been a big benefactor of this whole thing, up five and a half percent this morning, Dave. Not near their 52-week high yet, but still a nice bump to start the day. And you got to recognize the fact too that's not a cheap stock, a $275 a share stock when it starts going up by five percent. That's a big change. It, it is, it is. And then we follow through with a couple other shoe company here, Nike. 
um, came in 14 cents ahead of estimates at 90 cents a share. Uh, they uh, Their revenue, though, missed on, on what analysts had projected, down a little bit from where they thought they would be. Uh, but uh, Nike did uh, uh, give a full-year revenue outlook uh, for the year, and it was a little shy of what the analysts had expected, too. So, uh, yep, so that's uh, putting some pressure on Nike this morning, uh, down uh, 2%. Which, once again, kind of reinforces the notion they're really, really holding the companies to guidance numbers this season. Well, if they've got guidance, they definitely are holding them to it. That's for sure. Um, so it makes people wonder, you know, should I really give guidance, right? I mean, it's one of those uh, one of things that we talked about last year in terms of who was giving guidance and who wasn't because of COVID. Yeah, but this year, this year they seem to be whacking the companies that aren't giving guidance either. So you're either an optimist or you're toast this earnings season. It definitely seems that way right now. And then the last one I have for you in the earnings front is Ollie's Bargain Outlet. We got one of those up in Avon Park. And so uh, they beat estimates by 14 cents a share, came in just shy of a dollar um, uh, earnings per share. Their revenue came in above forecast. Same store sales, you got to like this, jumped 8.8% compared to the 3.2% that was expected. So a huge, huge jump in, uh, in same store sales for them. And they're trading up today 4.3%, still way off of their 52-week high. Uh, they'll open this morning right now to almost $90 a share. I got to assume that they're one of those stores because they deal in off-price and surplus commodities. They have trouble getting stock, so that's probably been their biggest challenge during the pandemic. It could be. I, I didn't see any details of, of what the issues were, but, uh, but, but still, that's a, that's a good sign to see them moving back up the, the price chain. Oh, absolutely, especially when there's a location here in town. We don't need any more brick-and-mortar stores being under duress. Resetting the table, it was uh, profit-taking on the blue chips yesterday, a bloodbath on the gross stocks on NASDAQ. 45 minutes before we open this morning, Philip, what are we looking at? We've got some green ink, though I will tell you the green ink since I woke up this morning has, uh, has gone down, uh, not where I would like it to be. But the S&P 500 is up about a quarter of a percent. The Dow Jones is up about a tenth of a percent. The Nasdaq's up a little over a half a percent. So everything's in the green, just not as much as I would like it to be after after the day we had yesterday. Um, on the commodities front, we've got silver down about a quarter of a percent, gold up about a third of a percent, and then we got to like this oil down nine tenths of a percent to fifty nine dollars and forty six cents a barrel. See if we can drive that baby back down to about $55 a barrel. Fifty-five, fifty-six would be nice. Under 60 I could at the very least live with it. Boy, with this $67 a barrel junk, I'd really like to see go away any day, right? That's right. Absolutely. But you know what, Dave? We're going to live with whatever they give us. Uh, yeah, I don't have a choice. i still got a gas tank i got to fill up. I'll just whine about it on Facebook. Asian rim markets generally off responding to the kind of day we had, especially since our NASDAQ companies do so much trading over there. No surprise that the close, they were down well over a percent and a half. Europe's a little bit more reticent, mostly red ink this morning, but under 1% movement so far halfway through their day. 
Philip, this is one of those times interest rates tick up by just a little bit, and all of a sudden your holdings go to heck in a handbasket. If you don't know where your risk is, that's really dangerous if you're getting close to a retirement. How do I find you to find where the risk is? You know, Dave, that's an interesting point because fixed income, bonds, those type of things that are interest rate sensitive could see a big decline as interest rates continue to go up. So we can see them principal decline in value. Folks, if you don't know what your risk is in your portfolio, you don't know how much you have in safe money, how much you have in risk money, it's important that you know these things. Give us a call at 863-382-0037. Check out our website at statlerfinancial.com. And then join us this weekend, a little change in schedule, 6 a.m. Saturday morning. You'll be at the races on Saturday afternoon, so you won't get to listen to me. But then we'll be back on Sunday morning at 10 a.m. on Highlands News Talk 730. Good information every weekend from Philip Statler on News Talk 730 a.m. And like you said, we're going to uh, miss the noon report because, well, we got a race to broadcast tomorrow. But we'll be together again Monday morning here on Light. Fair enough? Fair enough, buddy. You have a great weekend, and I will talk to you on Monday. Thank you so much. It's 105.7 Light FM and Statler Financial Services, Philip Statler. Weddings, sports, vacations. Hey, folks, I want to thank you again for joining us. It's a privilege for me to come to you every day on the radio, through Facebook, and, uh, and I hope you glean something uh, from the time we spend together. Remember this, risk, risk, risk. It is the only thing that you can control. And if you're not cognizant of what your risk number is, that can be detrimental in a volatile market. Give us a call at 863-382-0037 to schedule your financial x-ray. Hey, have a great weekend, and I'll be here to talk to you again on Monday.